Well, Leo, it's a pleasure to have you on here today representing your company, Floorworks. And you're the CEO over there and can't wait to learn more about you and what you guys are doing. And also want to talk about the new product that I was reading about, True CBN. I personally have my own experiences with CBN. I love the product and the relief that it gives, but I just want to hear what you guys are doing over there. And first off, I want to ask, can you provide us a, just a brief overview of Floorworks and its focus on cannabinoid therapeutics for uh, health and wellness? Yeah, well, we uh, originally started with the idea that cannabinoids didn't have the proof of efficacy uh, that was kind of going around with the anecdotal claims. And so we, as a foundation in chemistry first, we looked at developing a pathway for making CBN uh, so that we could bring it to market at scale. But really the focus was to go and, and look at the pathway towards uh, sleep claims and the toxicology for the safety side that will be required for the FDA. We started that project almost four years ago now. Um, we brought CBN to market in our first year. We started building relationships with some of the some of the bigger known edible companies, uh, Wild, for example, Grun, and they were really the catalyst to start this this kind of movement around these CBD product or CBN products. And so, as that anecdotal feedback really started to build and get momentum, we turned to the research side to look at how we would approach getting uh, claims for this product uh, as an ingredient for our customers. And that's where the study with radical science started. Okay. Okay. You said you guys were discovering a pathway to making CBN on a, on a, on scale. What did that, what did that come to, you know, with the, the alternative hemp market, as we see it ever since 2018, a lot of stuff has exploded on the regulated and unregulated market. And so you see lots of new CBN, CBD, CBG, Delta THC products. What are you guys doing differently with your CBN? I mean, we're just focused on CBN on that component or that ingredient mm -hmm. side. We don't make any of the other THCs. We were really focused on looking at it as a specialty ingredient where we would focus on, uh, again, the research side of it. Um, right. But essentially, we recognized that it, it was not from that we couldn't get it from the plant in any reasonable scale. And basically, wanted to find a way to scale that into metric tons so that it could be a mainstream product that we would see okay. down the road. And we've been working on that for quite some time. We're still in scale up, I would say. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've, we make hundreds of kilos today uh, per month. We've been in a project to turn that into a metric ton batch size wow. so that this could be scalable on the backside of our toxicology studies and this efficacy study. So Okay. Quite, quite a chemistry project, actually. Right. It sounds like it. So you guys are doing what what is done already in in foods and health healthcare products that we use day to day. You know, a lot of these the core ingredients might have started from a, a natural ingredient, whether that's a plant or some tree bark or something. But at scale, like you said, you can't you can't produce it from that. So you guys are finding other ways to safely synthesize it, if you will, right? There's obviously many other ingredients, even caffeine mm -hmm. is done this, you mm -hmm. know, in a similar fashion. And really this is about looking at all the cannabinoids in the plant, the ones that the plant is not currently producing in any high volumes and looking for, again, chemistry pathways to, to bring those, uh, I would say to market, but to first into the research side, um, really to understand 
I would say our, our core mission is to really understand and unlock the therapeutic potential and mm-hmm. start to understand how cannabinoids uh, enact their physiological responses on the human body. How long have you guys been, you said four years working on the toxicology report? Uh, or- that project, yeah, was more recent. We, we got through the study first and kind of wanted to confirm that we had a good reason because it's not cheap uh, to pursue mm-hmm. that. So um, it was it was about getting to that stage first and taking incremental steps towards this ingredient. We did start the company. It's, it's almost four years old now. And okay. we will, you know, we, we do more things than, than just this true CBM product or CBN. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of that work is really focused on, on the early identification of uh, drug opportunities, I would say more so into where pharma and cannabinoids will intersect in the future. Mm-hmm. No, they're definitely going to intersect. And I, I like what you guys are doing, what you're just saying so far. And I believe that, you know, doing toxicology reports, even like you said, they're expensive. I know some people that have done some reports on some of these other cannabinoids that are gaining uh, attention here in the recent years. It does undertake a lot, but I think it's very important that way you can get the regulation and that way you can also prove that these are safe for people to ingest and people to take and use as long as you're done correctly. So thank you for you guys doing that. Could you elaborate on, because I do want to talk about the true CBN. Could you guys elaborate on some of the recent breakthroughs that you've had with natural sleep aids using the CBN and then some of the trials that were connect uh, that were conducted, you guys, I was reading in the bios and the information that was sent over, you guys did like some double blind trials and various different dosings. Could you, could you talk about that? A yeah, bit? absolutely. So, Again, the anecdotal feedback was there, and obviously people were returning to buy CBN products. Went to Radical basically with the crest is we want to validate this, this anecdotal claim. And we picked three different dosages of CBN, or true CBN in this case, which is just our ultra pure process to make it. Um, we've trademarked it under that name. And uh, we did 25, 50, and 100 milligrams. We also did the placebo to control group that. And we also ran melatonin as a control arm to be able to see how CBN compared against that. There were over a thousand people in the study and the results basically showed a significant uh, difference between placebo and particularly 50 milligrams. The interesting thing there is that we saw an increase in efficacy from 25 to 50, but we saw a slight decrease in 100. Uh, basically showing a U-curve that you really uh, potentially have uh, diminishing returns, you know, an effect that doesn't necessarily increase past a certain point. Uh, we okay. thought that was, you know, really compelling, actually, just to kind of, one, build confidence and trust in consumers that we're not just going to sell you something that you don't need to be taking. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen the CBD space go from, you know, 10, 15, 20 milligrams up to 100 milligrams. They just kept increasing the dose. And every time they're just saying, well, it's more efficacious because it has more of it. Uh, And what we learned in the study is that isn't necessarily the case. And so that was a very exciting discovery, both for us and Radical, unique opportunity there to to really do that and uh, show that you don't need more in some cases. Mm Uh, it also had a, the 50 milligrams had slightly improved effect over melatonin, a standard dose of melatonin. And so that, again, uh, as a comparable in the market, shows that CBN has a place here long term. 
And we do believe that, you know, in, in the future of where cannabinoids look from a medicinal standpoint, that it won't look the way it does today. These will be everyday items in grocery stores, drug stores, feel like, again, melatonin on the shelf, yeah. sitting next to it as another option. So that's kind of where we see the future. And again, some of these areas we see as disruptors or displacers within the supplement space. And then the big exciting part is, you know, what diseases, what therapeutic potential is there for the drug side as well? Um, obviously, there's indications out there, but the pursuit of that, and particularly where we see the excitement is identifying the mechanism of action that these cannabinoids are functioning in, and then trying to improve upon that through modifications of the molecule, which is where the drug side really, you know, starts to look interesting for the pharma world. Poor sleep. That's an issue that tons of Americans have. And so you guys diving into it, you're, you're diving into issues that affect everybody with the rise in electronics and phones. We're always just being lights flash in our face and entertained and our, our brain is constantly being stimulated. And a lot of people have the problem shut down. There's many products that are already out on the market. So what drove you guys to dive into this true CBN space? And then you mentioned it being almost like a market disruptor. Why is it such a market disruptor when you already have natural products like melatonin? How does true CBN differ from these other products? And, and what are the benefits that it has? I mean, obviously, with sleep being a big issue and, and that growing right now, the existing options, it's just about adding to that so that those who are not finding relief from, from existing options have something new. Uh, there's also, you know, some components to melatonin that make it not the greatest uh, sleep aid um, because it's modifying the chemistry of your brain, essentially, by, you know, act, acting as, um, I'm going to get this wrong, but uh, basically uh, increasing the serotonin as a precursor to that. And so you're, you're kind of modifying your chemistry and, and it's difficult to maybe unwind that. I've certainly spoken to people that took it for a long period of time and have had really serious issues not taking it anymore. And so, but particularly around CBN, uh, this really started as uh, kind of, I don't know, the, the story that old weed uh, mm -hmm. made you tired mm -hmm. and that it was the degradation of THC in the CBN. It was particularly the CBN that, that was providing that effect. And so when I met some chemists, you know, four and a half years ago, and they basically said, look, we think this is really interesting. We'd love to pursue you know, finding a pathway for making this at scale, uh, it seemed like an interesting pursuit. You know, it was new, it was cutting edge. I thought it was an exciting idea. Uh, we didn't know if it would be possible or not, I suppose, at the time. And uh, wanted to find out at least if that kind of old story was true. I mean, so that's where the idea really sparked. Since then, obviously, it, it definitely looks like it's working for people. Uh, the study, again, validates that. Um, we still have, you know, more work to do. You know, we want to further validate this, uh, go deeper into these studies, look at uh, REM sleep activity and just how how this is affecting people's bodies even further. You know, the, the market just needs another option, essentially. Cannabinoids, for what they are, they have a broad therapeutic index. They're, you know, not toxic to be known today. Uh, even CVN has been consumed alongside in cannabis for as long as cannabis has been consumed. And so we, we know that it has a history of safety there. And so 
but again, just trying to look at where cannabinoids are today and trying to move them further towards where the rest of the nutraceutical or dietary supplement ingredient operates with the FDA. And, you know, there's a few odd regulations uh, out there right now, particularly related to CBD that I think have created challenges in the industry because CBD was the big, big first kind of supplement, call it cannabinoid out in the market. Um, but because the uh, Epidiolex was approved before 2018 as a drug, there's a rule within the FDA that a drug can no, cannot be a supplement. And so CBD sits in this gray zone where it requires legislative change to basically make it available for that as a supplement. Whereas outside of THC, all the other cannabinoids basically have a clear path with the FDA to get approval uh, either as grass generally regarded as safe uh, or a new dietary ingredient filing with the FDA. And so we just looked at it and said, look, the regulatory pathway is there. Let's just follow the rules and, and move this forward and see, see where it goes. Uh, we're not yet to the stage in which we submit our application to the FDA for the dietary ingredient filing. That'll be a, a big moment to kind of see how they respond to it. We feel that, that that is where the real pressure comes in terms of actually trying to work with the FDA and see how they actually respond to cannabinoids. How have they been I mean, with, with everything changing? I mean, even this year, they're supposed to be uh, changing the hemp farm bill and stuff. Uh, Department of Agriculture is going to be changing stuff, and they're looking at moving more of these cannabinoids under the direct ruling of the FDA. How do you see the future going? I've been in the industry for a long time, maybe I uh, started growing 12 to 13 years ago. And so okay. I, I think I've had a lot of predictions about regulations, especially at the yeah. federal level that have been completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm amazed that we're sitting here today and we're watching, you know, what is a, a phenomenal and booming market be completely crushed under, you know, complicated regulatory frameworks at state levels and, you know, a clear lack of guidance and engagement from the FDA or the Fed, le fed level. And so, you know, uh, hard for me to, to really say how the FDA is going to move on this. Obviously, they are talking about right now a creating a new regulatory framework for cannabinoids uh, mm -hmm. at the FDA. But um, I don't think we have no enough yet to really kind of understand where, where they're approaching it from and what their expectations are. What we have seen in the past and statements that they've made is that, you know, they, they lean towards pharmaceuticals and this idea that cannabinoids should follow the path of drugs only, uh, like Epidiolex did. You know, in our mind, some diseases will work that way, like, you know, say epilepsy, which is important mm -hmm. to work with a doctor for treatment, but things like anxiety, pain, sleep, a lot of these, you know, they do not require you to go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm having insomnia and be prescribed CBN. It's just an overkill mm -hmm. process. And so we see that as a duality where, you know, some, some need to go one way and some need to go another way yet to be determined uh, with the FDA. So do you think we'll ever see CBN sold in a capsule form in your local Walmart or CVS? I mean, that's our goal, right? Uh, yeah. I, I I like the uh, end caps at Target is my, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my way of putting it. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the goal is really, it's about the talks work 
the toxicology yeah. studies is where that really is barred. You know, the, there were big companies when CBD and the, when the farm bill first came that started looking at this at GNC, for example, mm-hmm. uh, they all dove in and as they dug around to understand the regulatory framework and particularly this issue with Epidiolex, uh, barring CBD from being a supplement, uh, all those channels were basically shut off. And so what we see now is that CBD's found its way to market either through e-commerce or uh, non-traditional channels, whether that be smaller individual shops, uh, the CBD shops that have popped, you know, grocery stores in some cases have taken it on in certain places, particularly those that have uh, their own hemp, hemp laws in place in the state level. A lot of the big channels, like you said, CVS, Target, Walmart, Costco, all of that is closed off until yep. this toxicology work is done. I'm not go back, just kind of go off subject for a little bit, get to know you a little bit. You said you've been growing yeah. for 12 to 13 years. What got you? Where did you get your start? <laughs> what got you into the space to become the CEO uh, here? At yeah, no, pretty wild trajectory. I'm still amazed every time I think about it. I was actually a commercial advertising photographer primarily in kind of sports lifestyle. I was working for Nike, Gerber Knives, shooting campaign work for that. You know, it, I, was a, I was a hungry artist, I guess, at the time. And uh, my grandfather was also a business professor at Portland State University here. So I had the word entrepreneur grained in my head. So at the time, I wanted to build a studio uh, and advance my photography career. And I was actually on a photo shoot for a, a, it was a yoga photo shoot. And somebody mentioned that they had a medical card and they were growing cannabis here in Oregon. I thought that was an interesting thing. And I just dove in uh, basically and started up a small grow and uh, thought that I was funding a studio at the time and pretty quickly fell in love with the process. I got to see kind of the early days of legalization taking place. And I was, I quickly moved into cannabis extraction Uh, We started Mm -hmm. building some of the early hydrocarbon closed loop systems, got into CO2 extraction. We ended up getting the first recreational extraction license here in Oregon. Uh, We built a pretty big operation, uh, vape pens, dabbables across the board, both hydrocarbon and CO2. We ended up selling that business in 2019 to a publicly traded company during kind of the big boom. So got Mm -hmm. got, uh, really lucky in that trajectory. I learned a lot both wins and, and losses, uh, some pain uh, involved. Overall, great experience. Again, just continued to recognize that this is where I really wanted to put my life's work into this, this plant, into this industry, and focus and learn everything that I could. And through that process, had come across chemical engineers and uh, chemists. And that's where the Floorworks idea basically came from uh, after I had left that and started looking for what I might do next. Love it. I love it, man. So you've just been, you've been in it since the beginning and now going from grower now to where you're pushing pharmaceuticals and trying to, (laughs) to push into that boundary. It's amazing. That's a crazy path. I'm sure that you just sit back and you're like, where did the time go? I love it. I think that's a neat thing about this industry is I was talking with a friend the other day, had him on the show and so much can change so fast in such a short amount of time that you feel like you live so many lifetimes in just a couple of years, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. No, it's, uh, yeah, very fast. You know, it brings a lot of different people together. It's been amazing. The types of experiences I've had, you know, the types of people that I've met all across the board, 
come in to try to, you know, build this industry together. Obviously, some of it hasn't worked and there's been a lot of uh, a lot of pain along the way for many. But, uh, you know, when it really gets down to it, those who are absolutely dedicated and passionate about this industry, regardless of the hard times we face right now under federal legalization and kind of stifling the market, those who are passionate will find this path through. And, you know, this market is going to change a lot over the next five and 10 years in terms of, you know, where value creation is, how it flows and, and moves product around. Like the, it's just going to be a, a rapid changing dynamic, I think. I agree. You know, in this in this market, one thing that's plagued all sides of the industry is trust. It's came down to the quality of the products and we've it seems like the bad yeah. stories always get amplified. And so then there's been a, a lot of consumer trust issues and stuff. What is FloorWorks doing to ensure the quality, the safety, and the efficiency of your cannabinoid products? And particularly in a market where there's so much issues with consumer trust, how are you overcoming that? Yeah, definitely in the CBD space, there's there's been a lot of that. I mean, I guess in mm-hmm. all of it, right? Arguably, the safety protocols within CBD are higher than a lot of the state regulated markets in terms of GMP. Pilot facility is GMP and ISO 9001. So we adhere to that. Wow. Uh, but I think that, you know, the biggest thing is the consumer trust is that CBD came out big. The Charlotte's Web story just went mm-hmm. viral, essentially. And, and everybody jumped on board to say, hey, CBD is a panacea for everything. And that was great for a moment as the market boomed. But I think at this point, we've really seen a tapering where it's just noisy. There's really a lack of trust and confidence in products from consumers, at least to go from where it is today into that mainstream space. And that's where, again, we you know looked at what are incremental steps to move this forward? What, what will we how would we approach this with just CBN for sleep, for example? And you know the, the efficacy study we think is fundamental in building that consumer trust is that you know if, if you're not able to show it scientifically, then it is just an anecdotal claim and you're kind of out there just, you know, screaming noise at this point. With the the trial results that TrueCBN demonstrated as such a potential competitor in the global sleep market, could you share us share with us any of your plans for future research or expansion of TrueCBN product offerings? What can we expect from it? Yeah, so we are we're exploring how we would follow, do a follow-up study to this. Um, what would be next in terms of either potential formulation improvements? You know, how, how can we take the result that we have and make it better? You know, we do believe that there are synergistic effects between cannabinoids. The reason we didn't do a formula on this and focus on CBN is because uh, unless we have a baseline to start from, there's, you really don't know what's happening. So by just using CBN at this stage, we were able to validate just that cannabinoid. Now we have a baseline to look at improving it. But the other area that we are primarily focused right now is in Alzheimer's and neuroprotective properties. This was something again that, that kind of stumbled into our laps a little bit. Uh, there was, there's been some evidence that THC had a neuroprotective property through that kind of anecdotal, or I, I guess I, that not, it's not anecdotal, through that early minimal evidence, the Salk Institute of Biological Research out of San Diego, they have an Alzheimer's research division. Uh, they have a cell death pathway that they discovered called oxytosis. 
um, which they've been looking at for a long time. It's essentially a pathway that they discovered in which cells die from oxidative stress. And they've been testing botanical compounds and, and many compounds for many years. And they decided to test CBN actually as, okay. as just an approach. It had a really compelling uh, neuroprotective property. They published a paper on it about a year and a half ago. We picked up the phone because we're tracking everything CBN. Started a relationship with them based on that initial study. We started evaluating significantly larger number of cannabinoids. At this point, we have 50 that have gone through uh, a series of cellular assays to look at this mechanism of action. We understand the mechanism of how cannabinoids are inhibiting this oxidative cell death. Uh, we've also conducted a study on mice, SAMP8 mice, they're called. They're basically mice that have dementia or statistically okay. high ratio of dementia uh, in their late stage of life. And uh, <laughs> how yeah, did we so, figure that out? <laughs> yeah. And so it's, you know, we're, we're still gathering the data for that study and, and evaluating all of it. But so far, really promising results. Um, we're in the stage now where we're looking at all of these other cannabinoids to, to try and understand what is the component, what is the structure activity relationship between cannabinoids and its effect. What we know is that most cannabinoids do not do this. There seems to be a series or a chain that we're identifying on improving this effect beyond where CBN was at even, which was already a really good result. Uh, but we've already further identified new compounds that, that amplify that effect. And so this is where more of our drug development side comes in, is that we are taking uh, phytocannabinoids or derivatives uh, of cannabinoids, and we're looking for the efficacy indication for the disease treatment. And then we are uh, designing new structures based on that evidence to try to improve upon it. And that's where we really see the drug side of this, is that once you move out of natural cannabinoids, uh, it's definitely a drug path. I mean, there could be some supplements in there as well. And, you know, obviously there's a ton of research to do. There's a lot of cannabinoids. Once you use chemistry, you open up, you know, Pandora's box of compounds, basically, to this, you know, relatively unstudied and unknown cannabinoid receptor system in the body. And so... There's a lot to understand. Uh, one of the things that was most interesting about the neuroprotective work so far is that the effect has no relation, or at least the observed effect has no relation to your cannabinoid receptor system. It is a cell interaction where CBN is basically protecting your mitochondria which then hmm. is keeping the cells alive. One of the things that, that this oxytosis uh, that's been observed is that patients with Alzheimer's and a, a larger amount of these mitochondria that have shriveled up and kind of stopped functioning. And so that is where this cannabinoid effect is, is uh, playing a role in, in, in keeping cells, your brain cells from dying, <laughs> which no, is, is uh, it, wild. <laughs> Is this, so is this like a preventative or a reversal? Um, so reversal is with Alzheimer's is basically a non, like non say, yeah, you can, yeah, 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 you can't, you can't undo the cell that's died and you can't produce new 
new brain cells. And so what we're looking at is basically a preventative treatment. And I think, you know, even with a lot of the work around Alzheimer's, it's been done with the amyloid plaque thesis, where patients with Alzheimer's and dementia have a buildup of plaque in the brain. And, you know, billions of dollars over the last 20 years have been invested to try to basically clean out plaque from the brain, see if that had positive impacts on disease. So far, it's been pretty minimal in terms of results there. There was the new Biogen drug that just came out that is uh, working in that area, uh, but it causes uh, brain, brain bleeding and swelling as a side effect. And Jeez. you can only take it in the early days of development of the disease so it just got all these setbacks, whereas this uh, new hypothesis or way of approaching this disease is focused on uh, keeping the cells alive in the first place. In theory, we believe that would inhibit the buildup of the plaque in the first place. But again, we're still, uh, that's, we're still waiting for the details from the Salk Institute on the mouse trial and basically translating these Petri dish studies into the first living organism. Okay. We can't wait to see what you guys come up with. I mean, you guys are, there's, there's tons with the rise uh, nowadays of natural medicine and alternative therapies and people taking nootropics and different uh, brain stimulants and stuff. I can see this falling right in line with just a, a good preventative that people would line up for if they knew if this, if there was the science behind it, that could prove yeah. <laughs> what it does. People would line up and you guys would be sold out every time you launched a new run. So that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, love seeing, uh, I love seeing companies doing this. You know, we, like I said, we are designing compounds that will do this better. And that's where we see a true uh, Alzheimer's or dementia treatments landing with the FDA side. Um, but the results that we have now is points to potentially just a general brain supplement is that, you know, ev everyone may want to have this effect uh, to inhibit this oxidative cell death, because even outside of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia, you know, that, that can happen. It's not, you yeah. know, so it's, it's uh, potentially there's a whole new kind of uh, category here for cannabinoids, particularly as a supplement. Uh, when we look at the phytocannabinoid side of it. How crazy. Normally people think of taking cannabis and cannabinoids of slowing you oh, yeah. down. <laughs> and it's now this is the complete opposite. I love it. It's, I love it, man. Well, the Leo, best, yeah, the best uh, piece of the story right there is just that that little component is that it's the yeah. opposite of what, what everyone's been trying to say. Really breaking stigmas here. <laughs> ah, I love it, man. I love it. Well, Leo, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate it. Good to meet you. Good to hear about what you guys are doing over at FloraWorks and your dedication to the quality and bringing people good medicine. I, that's what we keep telling the story over here on the cultural high is just countless times of bringing the industry experts and the people like yourself that, you know, they're not just out there doing it for the money. They're out there doing it to actually have a change and showing the different benefits of cannabis. And I always like to say, it, it's not all about getting high. And the more and more that we can show that and, and bring those benefits out to where you can just live a, uh, a quality life, uh, and, and be able to have the interactions uh, with your loved ones, be able to be productive in your work life, in your community, and and be able to use those things that were given to us on this earth. We just have to find out the ways. And so people like yourself and the, and the chemists and the scientists over at your company diving into it and figuring out how not only just with the, with the natural cannabinoids, but like you were saying, the ones that when chemistry unlocks that door. It's amazing to see the potential. And so appreciate what you guys are doing. Look forward to hearing more about FloraWorks in the future. 
Yeah, no, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, again, we're excited to see where this goes and uh, see what types of lives we can change. Yeah, man. No, you guys are doing big things. Appreciate it, man. You have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.